At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. All opinions expressed are those of the host. Welcome to the OFNT Podcast, episode 148, which I'm calling The Royal Scam. Hey, I've just noticed that the voice actor that does the Arby's We Have the Meats television commercials also is the voice for the U.S. Marines recruitment ads. Well, here's my idea for future recruitment ads. Marines, we bring the heat. Now pay me. (laughs) Well, 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 it seems old President Biden has his own stash of classified documents accumulated while he was vice president, located in a private office owned by the University of Pennsylvania. Nothing to see here, just another bit of hypocrisy that will go underreported. Yeah, I didn't hear of any FBI raids on, on this one, though. This sort of just in. NBC News is reporting more classified documents were found in a different location under the control of Biden at one of his residences. And yet another bunch of classified documents were found, this time in a garage of another of the president's houses. Is there some sort of coup going on that maybe we don't know about? The U.S. government wants to ban gas-powered cooking stoves. I guess gas and oil heating systems will be next. Hope the electric grid is up to the task. And finally, rip Jeff Beck, one of the greatest guitar players ever. Mr. Beck was in the Yardbirds before going solo and then forming the band Rough Diamond, one of my favorite incarnations of his. Give it a listen. He was also a hotly sought-out studio axeman, with his last appearance being the Ozzy Osbourne album Patient No. 9, which was released in September of 2022. So Godspeed to you, Mr. Jeff Beck. Thanks for the entertainment over the years. Tech News Dell, one of the leading computer manufacturers in the United States and darling, at least for the moment, of the U.S. government, has decided to cement that big contract relationship by announcing that the company will no longer be manufacturing, sourcing, or using suppliers from the People's Republic of China, also known as Communist China. Smart move by Dell. The U.S. government will love it, and economically, it makes sense. Let's see if other U.S.-based companies like HP, for example, make the same decision. I think they'd better if they want to stay competitive for those big, juicy government contracts. 
Oh, don't bother waiting for Apple China. to follow along. They're too intertwined with the Chinese Communist Party. Plus, Apple still has dreams of dominating the Chinese phone and computer market. Something that I don't think will ever happen. Do you? The Consumer Electronics Show, better known as CES, wrapped up in Las Vegas this week. It was the first full show since the bad old days of the pandemic two years ago. CES was once the crown jewel of technology exhibitions, but it's lost some of its luster over the years. As I said in the last episode, it's still a good gauge of where technology is going. I looked at various websites to get a summary of CES and found good old CNET's wrap-up the best. Here's my subnation of the event. Flying cars are still a thing. I just don't understand why they are still trying to come up with this. I mean, people can't even drive the non-flying cars we have now without ending up in trees and second or third floors of structures. Can you imagine the damage that would be wroth with flying cars? You would also need some sort of air traffic control system to be able to have these flying cars. I'd be happy if they would just perfect self-driving cars before my mortal coil expires. Though it's kind of too late for me already. Where is a retired old fart like myself going to be going anyway? Bah. The next big thing is, of course, virtual and augmented reality. In regards to virtual reality, call me when I can also feel sensations in this so-called metaverse. What's the sense of watching virtual porn if you can't experience it fully? Once they get that down, then the technology will surely take off. As far as the more useful augmented reality, this won't be of any use until they can shrink all the tech down into a standard-sized pair of glasses, or <clears throat> spectacles as sophisticated people call them. Even the great fruit company, Apple's augmented reality glasses are rumored to require a battery pack be worn on the waist of the user to be functional. Another trend was Android phones from like Samsung and TCL, which cost under $200, are getting very good these days. They're quickly catching up to what was once considered the mid-range. This is a great development as many people's computer is their phone. These low-cost phones put computing power into more hands. And what would CES be without a bevy of huge screened televisions with unreal resolution? Surprisingly, the Chinese manufacturers were kind of quiet this year. I guess it's hard to innovate when you're locked down. And speaking of screens, there were all sorts of folding, stretchable, and sliding ones. You know, we've seen this all before, and I think you would agree with me that they're not quite ready for prime time yet. The rest was mostly conceptual or not ready for market stuff that might or might not become reality. It was nice seeing CES back at full strength, though. Now I wonder if another old-time show, Mobile World Congress, will be back to form this year. There are rumors this week that a touchscreened Mac computer is set for release in the near future. This would be a turnaround for Apple, whose founder Steve Jobs warned against such a thing. Whether you'd like a touchscreen on your Mac or not, I think it would be a major undertaking to just add this capability to Mac OS. Myself, I really don't care, as most of my computing takes place on my iPad Pro, which, of course, does feature a touchscreen. Continuing with Apple, old Tim Apple himself, CEO Tim Cook, has taken a pay cut of over half of what he made last year. 
The poor lad will only make about $49 million in 2023. Well, I'm sure that doesn't include his stock options, so, so don't feel that bad for him. Tech I'm using. It's early in this new year, and I have just realized that I don't like the iOS stock keyboard. I mistype by the boatloads almost every time I use it. I don't remember having this problem with Google's stock keyboard, nor the, the one that came with Windows Phone, which was the best stock keyboard I've ever used. Now, don't get me started on the demise of Windows Phone. Uh, we all know how that will end. <laughs> the problems with using a third-party option is integration and privacy. Of course, the native iOS keyboard will work better with iOS and third-party software. It's part of the basic operating system software code. As far as privacy goes, all of the third-party keyboards I've looked at have you give a gazillion permissions, including letting the software companies monitor you. If you know of any solutions, drop me a line at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com. I'd appreciate it. After perusing the App Store, I've decided to give Microsoft's SwiftKey another shot. I've used this keyboard in the past, but returned to the stock iOS keyboard for some reason I can't recall. Now, I remember reporting on SwiftKey's iOS demise a while ago and again looked into it. Yes, indeed, Microsoft had previously announced that SwiftKey was being withdrawn from the App Store on October 5th of 2022. That announcement came back on September 28th of the same year. Well, I guess Microsoft reconsidered because apparently it came back to the App Store in November of 2022. Well, I hope this drama doesn't continue if I do decide to adopt SwiftKey as my main keyboard. Last episode, I told you that I was considering dropping my subscription to Peloton. The reason I gave was because of my gym membership. I just wasn't using the app as much. What has actually happened is that we dropped our gym membership due to an injury sustained by my lovely wife. So the Peloton app is safe for now. And speaking about exercise cycles, I spied a deal on the Costco app right after New Year's. They were selling the Echelon 5S bike with 22-inch screen and a year of membership for Echelon's app for $499. No, I didn't go for it, but kind of wish I would have. The sale quickly disappeared, and now the Echelon 5S is not even available through Costco in my area. I did a bit of sleuthing and saw that the 10-inch screen 5S is still available for that price in other areas of the country. That's still a good deal. So if you're in one of these areas where the bike is still available for that price anyway, and you're looking for an exercise cycle, this may be for you. The thing I like about Echelon in comparison to Peloton is Echelon has studios throughout the country, so no matter what time it is, you can probably find a live class on their app. Entertainment news. I won't be feeling the effect of all the entertainment streaming cutbacks I've made until mid-month, so we'll see how that goes. We did catch the movie Devotion about the first African-American naval aviator Jesse Brown. The movie was okay, mostly because of its subject matter, but I feel it didn't do service to Ensign Brown. It could have been done a whole lot better. Well, at least it didn't have an overly woke point of view, which it could have had. And on the subject of wokeness, the year 2022 will go down as one of the worst years for movies and therefore movie theaters, 
with audiences down almost 50% from last year, which wasn't a banner year either. Hopefully this will teach the major studios that lecturing an audience or expecting them to want to watch a movie whose subject is something that only a fraction of the population can identify with, no matter how vocal a fraction of... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. That fraction of that population is. Yeah, I'm looking at you, bros. And please, enough of the comic-based superhero movies. How about a return to the old spy thriller genre? Or how about just a good old story? For some reason, I fear these studios that function in the bubble which is known as Hollyweird will just double down on the garbage they've been cranking out lately. My lovely wife somehow convinced me to watch the 80th annual Golden Globes award show with her on Tuesday. I guess last year there were some accusations made against the organization. Something about being, I don't know, racist, not inclusive, you know, the normal things you get accused of these days. It got so bad that Tom Cruise gave back the three awards he received in the past from the Golden Globes. In fact, they didn't even bother televising last year's event because no network wanted to, lest they be cast in the same negative light. Well, this year's show opened with the host, one Jared Carmichael. Pardon me if I've never heard of him before. Who I gather is a stand-up comedian telling the crowd to keep quiet for a few minutes. He then launched into a long spiel about how the Golden Globes were and still are races, and basically he's here for the money. It went all downhill from there. Back in my day, comedians were expected to be funny and make their audience laugh. What? I guess that's not a requirement in these enlightened days. Even the woke Holly weird crowd in attendance reacted to the jokes with barely a laugh. The only person who got a laugh from me, anyway, was Eddie Murphy, who referenced Will Smith's wife at the end of his acceptance speech. Now, I'm not going to tell you that this show had my undivided attention, but my impression was that it was basically a celebration of being gay or trans. Well, that's just great, but what about something that the whole entertainment industry seems to have forgotten about lately? 
and that would be their audience. The Golden Globes were rewarded for this awkward, boring woke fest with half the audience as their last televised award show, which mirrors the movie industry as a whole. Podcast news. Again, not much going on in the land of podcasting as the predicted industry slowdown appears to be taking hold. It might just be me, but it seems not as many new celebrity podcasts are being announced as were in previous years, and the overall excitement level doesn't seem to match the level of years past. In my opinion, this slowdown is much needed as the podcast space was oversaturated with big names backed by big-moneyed legacy media concerns. I predict that as advertising money dries up, many of these big-time shows will try and switch to a subscription model. When that fails, and I think it will, many of these shows will start to disappear. This will be a good thing. Now, those big shows that survive will have less competition in that space, and the independent podcasters can again have a fighting chance to be heard and perhaps make some money too. Thanks to some freebies and after Christmas sales, I was able to acquire some audio plugins for use with the show. You've already been hearing plugins from the company Isotopes for a while now. I've since gotten a noise reduction and noise gate plugin, along with an audio mastering one. Sometime next month, I plan to bypass my analog channel strips and see if I could go all digital. We'll see if my old 2015 iMac can handle the extra load this will put on its CPU. The advantage to going the plug-in-only route is that the recorded audio signal is unaltered and can be changed at any time. The channel strips compress and enhance the audio before recording, so the track is already altered while being recorded. Will you be able to hear the difference? Probably not, but I'll hear it using my studio monitor headphones. If I can go all digital, I'll probably sell the DBX unit and keep the Behringer units around. Why keep the Behringers? Well, unlike the DBX unit, the Behringer has two microphone input and outputs, meaning that I could have a co-host or an in-studio guest. I'd have to buy another, now more expensive, DBX unit to be able to have more than one mic. The Behringer also has a two-mic preamp, which I like the sound of. I'd probably sell my two RE320 mics and put the proceeds into getting an RE20 microphone. Now, I've been using my Rode Procaster mic for the last couple of months, and while I like the results I've been getting, the mid-range doesn't sound right to me, no matter how I equalize it. This week, I'm using an RE320. Can you tell the difference? I use my neat King Bee for my Straight From The Desk show, so give that a listen if you, you feel like it. I want my different shows to have their own signature sound. I'm thinking of using the King Bee for this show and pairing the RE320 with the Behringer units for the Straight From The Death show because I want the Straight From The Death show to have a more old-time radio sound. Like Paul Harvey's rest of the story shows, which were an unbiased, at least when compared to today, semi-deep dive into the headlines. A void that hasn't been filled since Mr. Harvey's death in 2009. Anyway, it's fun to experiment and I would appreciate any comments or suggestions at ofntpodcast at gmail.com. Time for a rant. The Royal Scam is the title of an old Steely Dan album and song which was about people coming from Puerto Rico to New York and then collecting benefits. It was a harsh take on the subject, but it was a real song and an album. 
Well, at least the people accused of taking advantage of the system in the song were U.S. citizens. Not so with the ones taking part in the royal scam I'm going to discuss, which is the H-1 series of, quote, guest worker visas, unquote, that was established to allow U.S. businesses to bring in foreign workers to temporarily fill jobs that U.S. citizens couldn't or wouldn't do. Of course, this was and is being abused by all sides concerned. I know this because I worked for Customs and Border Protection and processed many of these visa holders over the years. My first encounter with a holder of an H-1B visa was way back in 1997. I was interviewing the man because he was sent in from the Customs Control Point for some reason I can't recall. He was going to be working for Microsoft as a software engineer, so I asked him what computer language he programmed in. Was it C+, Java, even Ada? He didn't know any computer languages, he replied. All he knew was Parabase. I asked him what the heck was Parabase. He told me it was an application that built other applications. So let me get this straight. You're telling me that no U.S. citizen could have learned how to use an app? Now, I've learned over the years that big tech doesn't care about the citizen angle. All it's about is getting cheap labor. These people are willing to work much cheaper than U.S. citizens. But why would they? Especially when they come here and find out how much a U.S. worker would make doing the same job they're doing. Well, for them, there is nothing temporary about the H-1B temporary work visa. When they arrive here, most are married and then will petition for their spouse to obtain an H-2 visa, which is for spouses of H-1B visa holders. During the time of the H-1 and 2 visa's length, the newly re reunited couple will have as many children born here in this country as possible, who are, instance, U.S. citizens. Now the couple will put in for green cards because they are the proud parents of said U.S. citizens. Once they have their new status, the couple now starts petitioning for any and all relatives they can. This is what is referred to as chain migration. Before you know it, the whole village where the original H-1B visa holder is from has been transplanted to the United States, usually on the taxpayer's dime. But they aren't really all here. Most will put in and receive benefits such as food stamps and welfare, and every year they will spend at least six months in what they refer to as their country, which is the longest they can reside outside of the U.S. without fear of losing their residency status. The travel industry loves this, as you can imagine. Now, the worst abuse of this I've seen happened about three years ago when I was processing a couple of teenagers who were joining their mother who had a newly minted green card. They were coming here for permanent residency in the U.S., and the address given was for one of those storefront medical places, you know, like CityMD. When I jokingly asked them if they were going to be human lab experiments based on their home address they provided, they replied that their mother worked as a janitor or cleaner at the place. She was brought into this country to be a cleaner by another type of temporary work visa, not the H-1B. Now, how much could this woman be making as a janitor or cleaner? Would it be enough to support her two teenage children? No. Of course not. They most likely would be put on social benefits as soon as possible. Again, on your dime. This is grounds for voiding immigration status, but like most immigration laws, it's not enforced these days. Other temporary visas that really aren't are the F-1 foreign student visa and the J-1 foreign exchange visa. Most of these folks never leave once they arrive here. I have a suggestion. Instead of jury duty, I think U.S. citizens should shadow Customs and Border Protection officers and see just how abused our immigration system is. If the American public was educated about this, I doubt this abuse would be allowed to continue. 
And this is just what's happening within the legal framework of our immigration system. Can you imagine what's going on illegally? Well, the music is playing. As you know, this signals the beginning of the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make a donation using the link in the show notes. Any and all donations will be appreciated. You can always reach me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. I'd enjoy hearing from you. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. You know what? In honor of my recent retirement, this week you don't have to get off my lawn. Stay skeptical. I'm out. See ya. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.